0: Hello, and welcome to Pods of Wisdom, Leadership and Education for Greater Success. Today's discussion opens up with an agenda of sorts. As leaders look at their school and consider the process of change, they must also see the dynamics of structures that are present before them. And more importantly, navigate those systems in order to enact change and transformation. This podcast asks the question, In what ways can leaders establish and build systems to implement and sustain improvements to support learning and growth? Considering policies and education codes is just the first step in figuring out how outside-the-box thinking and creative organizational systems help develop a more effective approach to teaching and learning. In so doing, a leader must collaborate with teams, communicate needs, and develop an understanding of policies and district expectations in order to establish a robust infrastructure and system design that ensures resources are sufficient, sustainable, and scalable. But like many schools, when issues such as budget cuts are discussed or student behavior or even overall school calendar and its impact on instructional minutes, it is important to understand that a major component of systems thinking is looking for the connections in the system. That is the ways in which changes to one part might affect and be affected by other parts of the system. School site leadership must address the interaction amongst teachers, learners, digital content, and the vision and mission of the school. As leadership addresses how each part of the system interacts and engages, it is possible to economize on the resources that are scarce while identifying the barriers and improving upon the tools to strengthen the system. Enter Mr. Andy Tang, a former assistant principal of an intermediate school and now an assistant principal of a comprehensive high school. Although his story begins at an intermediate school, the impact from there directly affected the systems of high schools in the district as a whole. Working through the never ending policies and education codes in organizational and systems leadership, Andy Tang was able to develop new ways of looking at achievement and success at the middle school level that not only impacted the perception of the school, the performance of students, but raise the standard of teachers, students, and parent engagement. As a result, our story begins at the beginning. Designing a system that goes against the grain for greater impact and becomes the way schools organize their staff and policies for change.
1: I do have a belief that the systems that we have now are designed to produce the kids we have now. Um, the kids are a product of the systems we put in place, which is a antiquated system, a system that was built a hundred years ago. And not much has changed from back then. And it's not something, this concept is not new. I'm not, I shouldn't have like epiphany and go, oh, wow, you know, I never thought about that way. I think everyone does see this and does see uh, schools um, failing students, um, not all students of course, but a lot of students are falling through the cracks um, because of the systems we have in place. But the big question is what do we do about it? Um, how do we change the system and what do we change it to? How do you create a system for success? And um, what do we do then? And and it's it's a tough question because people are they want to be comfortable. They want to they want to be they want to be familiar with what they grew up with. So when you flip a system upside down or you change it completely, it becomes unrecognizable to people and and there's a little bit fear of having something that's unrecognizable. And and other fears that hold us back too, like the feel of failing, the feel of people not following, the feel of not being successful, the feel, the fear of failing our students even, because when we're trying to do things that impact our students, we want to try to do the best we can. So in my experiences with systems, um, I worked at Carr School. I started working there five years ago. And um, we had a principal, Mr. Pedrosa, and we looked at, evaluated the system. We actually looked at other schools. We actually visited other schools. One of the schools we visited was Lindsay Unified School District, which completely flipped like the educational system around. And so we looked at like the systems and what we're producing. And we looked at the middle school and in middle school, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, and even elementary, kids get the sense of age promotion, where based on their age, they get to promote to another level, not based on what they learn, not based on what they know, not based on the education. So then they just continue to get promoted. So what are we teaching kids, right? That learning is not that important. That if you learn it or you don't, whatever, you're gonna go on to the next grade. So these kids, they really don't have the sense of like accountability for their own learning. It's kind of just thrown onto them. And if they learn it or don't, it's, it doesn't even matter because they're still gonna move on. And we want, we're trying to teach these kids to have some internal motivation, but they're kids especially at that age group, we try to instill some value into like, what are you gonna learn now will impact your life in the future, your high school, your graduation, your college, your career, but it's hard for them to really visualize that, Though I think the brain hasn't really developed this capacity of foresight, where they're able to like anticipate what's gonna happen in the future and change their behavior now, to impact that future so it's tough with those kids so they're kind of just going and doing their thing and then they're not really learning this accountability measure right so what we did at car is that we looked at the promotion criteria and promotion is kind of like an eighth grade graduation grade. and the promotion criteria for the district is a 2.0 gpa And that's it, you need a two-point GPA. And the research has shown like uh, the two subjects that keep kids back is math and English. So math and English usually stop, prevent kids from graduating if they don't have a strong foundational level in math and English. So we change our criteria. We change our promotion criteria to be a 2.5 GPA, no Ds and Fs in math and English and that was a huge huge change um that change was so huge oh man it it brought a lot of fear especially me as a new administrator at the school um because our promotion criteria and normal promotion criteria and rate is around like 60 something percent of our kids that promote to ninth grade um, if they don't get their grades, they just promote. They just get a irregular promotion and move on, anyways. But they don't get to participate in the eighth grade activities or the um, ceremony. So, when we changed that promotion criteria, the first thing that happened was um, our promotion rate dropped. It dropped quite dramatically. It went down to like thirty something percent. And I'm looking at the principal, like, what did we just do? Are we going to get fired? (laughs) It was, like, horrible. And so we looked at, so I was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? But um, the principal had a lot of confidence in the research. And he said, don't worry, it will go up. You know, we have to hold high standards for the kids and their testing. And we did everything that we did to change the promotion criteria. We notified every parent. We had them sign all the contracts. Everyone knew what we were doing. Um... And then, so when that happened, man, we had so many complaints to the district. They, the parents are like in an uproar. And but we said, oh, that hey, you knew about this. You signed this paper. We told you what we're doing. And and then the following year, our promotion rate did start going up. It went up to 54 percent. Then it went up to like sixty something percent. And then it went up to like seventy. 73 percent and then i think we ended up with like 84 86 percent finally which was amazing to think about like we had the highest promotion criteria and the highest promotion rate at the same time but it took like a few years of really scary stuff thinking like oh we just changed this whole idea of systems but do we are we gonna fail we're gonna get fired do we just screw up a bunch of um, education for our, for our students. So just changing the criteria wasn't good enough though. Um, we have to build uh, supports for students to achieve that criteria also, right? We can't just will the kids. I need you to get A's and this is our expectations. It's hard for the kids to just meet that expectations all right so then what kind of supports do we build for them to be successful so this is where we started building the support systems that we have for the kids to be successful uh, one support system is in mathematics where we as sixth graders coming in we distinguish um, criteria for them to be successful in math at sixth grade so we um, surveyed and did diagnostic tests for students and see which students didn't know how to add, multiply, um, single digits, multiple digits, and subtract. And what we did then is that we, after we did the diagnostic test, we had over 306 graders that did not meet the criteria. And that's out of 500 kids. So we had more than half, probably 60 70% of our kids coming in not knowing basic math, math standards that they're learning in second or third grade. So, what we did is we created an after school program where our kids, depending on if they didn't know how to add, subtract, to multiply, single digits, or double digits, based on how much they knew, that's how much time they were spending after school. So, if they knew everything but multiplying, they're only after school one day a week. But if they didn't know any of it, they're after school four days a week. And so we put accountability back on them and we gave them an exit strategy too. We just not putting them after school and they feel like it's a punishment, but we told them, Hey, this is what we want for you. This is what we want you to learn. We're trying to help you be successful. And as you show mastery in each one of those, then we could remove a day, depending on where you're showing your mastery. So kids have an exit strategy. The more they put in time and effort and learning about that, the more they actually could get removed from the class support for English we talked to the PE teachers and PE teachers uh, twice a week we pulling kids out of PE not the whole PE class was pulled out and they were doing um, reading interventions and that was a tough sell to the PE teachers too because the PE teachers are not they don't feel comfortable teaching reading they know how to do PE so when they asked them to do PE intervention, it was a little bit of like a, um, it was a struggle. Yeah, but then once we explained the plan and we gave them a coach and we tried it with them, then they felt more comfortable. And even now the PE teachers are like doing it with like not only sixth graders, seventh and eighth graders, and they feel really comfortable doing um, this reading intervention, which we call Achieve 3000 um we also did that achieve 3000 in every every class except english class and math class so we did achieve 3000 in social studies class we did achieve 3000 in um science classes too where they're reading two articles a week in each one of those classes because then um achieve 3000 told us gave us data that shows like if the kids do a minimum two articles a week they're going to grow to grade levels and so when we started pushing it with our school, we did see two grade levels of growth um, with the kids who, who actually did all the articles, so we pushed it even harder. Um, then we did other intervention programs such as rewards program, fast forward, um, because we were really data driven. And so each one of these uh, data sets, we kind of figure out where the kids are at their level and provide them interventions based on their need. Right? So we didn't give intervention for everyone, we actually used data to kind of drive the interventions we have in place. To to really build uniformity for our teachers, we uh, had all our teachers um, get AVID trained. So they went to the AVID Institute and every year we try to send around 20 teachers until we got all the teachers been trained. We also had all our teachers do a book study called Tools for Teaching by Fred Jones to really unify um, interventions and discipline within the classroom. Because we do feel like for teachers to be successful, you gotta have discipline first. You have to have control of the classroom first. Because if the kids are not really listening to you, doesn't matter how, how engaging or how awesome your instruction is, if the kids are not really paying attention. So we're trying to get some kind of uniform discipline procedures in place and we also have some kind of um, uniform intervention in place where teachers have idea what to do and help support those kids be successful in the class. So we had the teachers have professional development and we have students pushing them, pushing their expectations and giving them support. Now, how do we get the parents involved? Because the system has to encompass everybody, not just like teachers and students, but how do we get in parents? So what we started doing is that we started um, informing parents about their situation and their, their child's situation. We had parent meetings where parents would print out like their Lexile scores, where their child at, and then where we want them to be so then the parents can help support that. Um, we sent phone calls home to parents telling like, did you read what your child Today, because we wanted them to read 20 minutes a day. And then as they say yes, then they get additional points. We send call, phone calls home every week telling yep. the parents how much math they did, how much reading they did in Achieve 3000, their GPA, the number of missing assignments they have. And so the parents were like really informed and involved. And then we had all these classes. Every parent meeting was like a training and how to support the the students and how to help support their child be successful. And so um, that's how we got our promotion criteria up so high, not just because we changed it, but we had to build a lot of systems of support to build that. And then I could go on and talk about the culture. Those are just a little bit like a, just a surface of a little things that we did to really, really improve the system, but it's not just changing one thing or one solution. It's an array of many things we have to do to make a system work. In the years that we were there, um, some of our accomplishments is that we had the highest growth. Um, We had a lot of people meet the projected growth on the math scores. We had the highest growth in the district in our SBAC scores and reading math. In all subcategories, we had awards for three years in a row. Um, I think our last few years on the SBAC test, normal growth in any school um, statewide is around two points. So we had a growth of, I think, nine points. 11 points and the last year we had a growth of 17 points in math and english all subcategories um, special ed el population so we had like huge huge number growth which um which district was like how is this even possible and they started sending people over to ask us questions and watch what we're doing um and try we try to explain to them but it's kind of tough um we built the parent center to be very inclusive. And then we saw not only growth in our school, we saw growth in our feeder schools and our high schools too. So then they, we saw growth at Diamond, um, which is our feeder elementary school. And we saw that parents were taking that knowledge and that they're learning for our school and using it for their, ele- uh, their siblings. And then we saw growth in the high school too, um, which everyone around us kind of saw that also. So it was a really great experience And learning about how we can really, really change the school to make it work and really develop that. I think our next step was really trying to build, before we left, we were actually trying to build a a Shanghai model where we were, we actually got it approved, where we actually got teachers to get an extra prep. So instead of teaching five classes and having one prep period, we were teaching four classes and having two prep periods. And in that additional period, we had teachers doing lesson studies, working on curriculum, building a mastery model, and really developing their professional. Because I think for the system we have in place, we have teachers just like class after class after class after class after class, class. and then they really don't have time to really develop on their profession because they're sitting there grading under their prep, trying to sub other classes, and then how you expect teachers to grow when you don't give them the time to grow. And so we had that prep, actually we changed the master schedule where everyone has the same prep so all the math department had the same prep all the english department had the same prep all the social studies and so they had time to collaborate and then we're trying to embed time for them to collaborate in addition to that so they could grow as professionals so we're we're on a path i think for great success and um and i think it can be done i'm trying to and we're trying to see if it can be duplicated um it wasn't it sound, might sound easy in the little bit of talk I talked about, but it definitely was a struggle. Uh, a lot of teachers just like admin were kinda scared and so some of them were really resistant to the change and, and really hated like how much how much things were different and but and not long run it took a lot of work too and and praise the teachers because they put in so much effort and so much work to really make this happen and in the long run they're so tired and I, I acknowledge that but when we looked at our scores and look how much change our kids have when they're coming in reading at a third grade level and they're leaving reading at an eighth grade level in three years it's amazing and everyone was so proud of all the accomplishment we have accomplished there at that school.
0: Although there are several challenges when faced with outdated systems and worse, outdated perspectives, if a leader is able to bring in outside help and bridge the gaps within their own organization, change is not only possible, it happens. Andy Tang's story is an example of how leadership begins with a crazy idea that evolves into action, is put into a system that can disrupt the norm, and thus transform for the better. This is Sophia Cuevas. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode on organizational and systems leadership and how leaders can use a wide system of community, staff, parents, district, and students to organize a system that propels their school into a dynamic model that grows and changes the system as a whole. Although going against the grain can be challenging and, well, rough, the spark that lights a fire for those in the system is well worth the heat, as proven by Mr. Andy Tang. Until our next episode, keep looking to the future to impact change in our now.